All right, uh, Adrian Chu, shall we get started for this week's podcast? Yeah, I'm ready okay. when you are. All have right. you been practicing your no, intro I that I wrote so for you? I'm going to try this Okay, right now. let's see. Let's see how you do. Yo, Adrian! <laughs> I think that's good, right? <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's Rocky Week on Don't Ruin This For Me. I am officially triggered. My entire childhood was random people screaming, yo, Adrian, at me. And I didn't even see Rocky until I was like 16. I had no fucking idea what they were talking about. What a cross to bear. You know what? Thank you for understanding. No pain! No pain. No pain. <laughs> but if this, but if the Rocky universe is so triggering, why did you pick Rocky Four for this week's film? Okay. Honestly, the first reason was because you wanted a sports movie, and the second reason was I was like, obviously we should do a Rocky, but the first one's sort of boring. There's at least like an hour of like walking around Philadelphia, and it's very like in a grayscale. But I remembered that Rocky Four had <laughs> the Russian fighter Drago and all the super high tech 80s technology, which is really amazing. And Rocky and Drago, like, you know, Drago's working out on this like 80s high tech shit, and Rocky. He is like old school. He's running up snowy mountains. He's lifting wagons full of people. And I think it's like a metaphor about the American work ethic versus <laughs> Russian. I'm not sure. Technology is a metaphor for ruthlessness or greed. I don't even know. I have no idea. I mean, I absolutely love the idea that you think it's that deep. <laughs> like, I, I, this is why I love you. I'm always Thank like, you. she's got such bright eyes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I will also tell you that once uh, when I was younger, I when I went to Philadelphia for school, um, I really I walked up those stairs yeah, to that course. museum to see that that statue of course it was out for cleaning oh that's a bu- I have <laughs> I have a picture of me I'll put it on our socials where I'm doing like a rocky jump next to the statue oh my god it, you got the shot well because it's a yo Adrian thing of course at some point you just have to own it you, you do <laughs> All right, Rocky IV was written and directed by Sylvester Stallone. When it was released in 1985, our favorite hometown critic, Roger Ebert, we do quote him a lot on this well, show. Yeah, I mean, we're from Chicago. Yes. He's, he's a sh- premier Chicago critic. Well, not only that, he was the critic. Yeah, that's then, what I'm saying. Right? Who the hell yes. else do we want to hear right, from? Exactly. Roper? <laughs> but here's what he says. Well, here's what he says, and it's pretty savage. It's savage. Um, Stallone says this will be the last Rocky movie. Lies. <laughs> he should have taken Rocky Marciano as an example and retired undefeated ouch. wow ouch ouch painful. ouch no pain elizabeth no pain ebert also bitches about all the montages in the film which is just flat out wrong because this movie's a gem like pretty much sylvester stallone invented the music video <laughs> <laughs> i mean i would not be surprised i think it was all mtv for him and i i mean honestly i i loved I loved this movie. I had a great time watching it yeah. yesterday until I took a nap and then I woke up and finished it. <laughs> it's only 90 minutes long. Yeah, it's so great though. I was really tired yesterday. It's okay. And I am so excited about this week's guest. Alice Gleason is one of my favorite humans Ooh. on this planet. I love her so much. Um, any roller derby fans out there will know her as Malice with Chains. I always screw that up by saying Malice in Chains. I, I flipped the band name I, a little bit. No, I really, it was important. It was important. Uh, Malice with Chains. Fan favorite, former captain, co-captain of the Windy City All-Stars and a Manic Attackers, uh, the Manic Attackers. She also played soccer and she was so dang good at it, like so dang good that she got drafted for a pro team. But this, a pro team, but this gal was like, no, 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 no. And we'll find out why later. Oh, I can't wait. I'm super excited to have an old school roller derby girl here because I feel that our listeners have not really experienced Ugh. your whole roller derby story. <laughs> and even the way you're rolling your eyes, like we need another person to tell it. I know. I know. We, we always talk about this. But anyways, what have you been doing, Adrian, this week? You know what? Let me tell you, by the time this episode comes out, this is going to be real old news. But I've <laughs> been spending a lot of time with the Love is Blind people this week. Yes. And it is amazing there's nothing I love more than watching people make bad decisions about love. (laughs) Are there there particular favorites that you have right now? Well, no. I mean, you wouldn't like any of these people. No, there's no favorites. (laughs) Well, the one season I watched, I did like that guy who was like Shane, Seamus, Shane. He was like, he, he was dating the Asian gal. 
What? On Love is Blind? Yes, and Love is Blind was the one with the walls where they eat. Oh, the awful guy? Yes. He, why did you let, of course, you always like the worst <laughs> fucking dude. He was like a total douchebag, like meathead. Yeah, yes. he was just like a total dope. Why would you like him? Uh, because I loved all the social media memes that came out afterwards. Oh. Like, you know, sometimes I, I like fall in love with a character after they're like done because yeah. people just like post really funny stories. You and, would fuck that guy. Yeah. I mean, like, it's so embarrassing. Yes. <laughs> Yes. And his Asian girlfriend. He's completely the opposite. It'd be like, like an Elizabeth sandwich. The whole time I was like, why is his Asian girlfriend fucking this guy? Yeah, because so she's sad. super smart. Yes. Um, yeah. My week has been trash. It's been like oh, great. packed full of shows and like things that I had to do and all of our podcast yeah. stuff. I mean, we yeah, are yeah. so behind, but I also am so excited about what's going to be happening for the season. It's Ooh. been so fun. Oh, I know. I'm um, trying to make you add more episodes already. I, girl, yes. I don't even know why we have seasons. <laughs> Because <laughs> let's just do it until we feel like not doing it. Because this we record silly. on Sundays yes. and, and we'll just keep pumping them out, have, pumping them out. We have lives. <laughs> you start traveling. It's summer. That's why. Yeah. That's why, listeners. Yeah. Don't let her. Don't let her lie to you. I'm just saying, like, let's be like Nick Cannon and just keep making these babies. Wait, let me ask you a question. <laughs> um, you've been performing a lot lately. Yes. So post COVID, you know, like the world, we were performing a lot pre COVID. COVID happened, no shows. I was not a participant in a Zoom storytelling show Ugh, ever. You're so smart. No, I was like, I will not. But like since then, I've only performed like once. Are you digging it? You you've signed up for a lot of shit. So I'm unclear of whether or not it's feeding your soul. I can't figure that out. <laughs> I can't figure it out. I feel like it's a, the when it started coming back into doing shows, it's been people asking me that I really liked. You know, right. our friends Claire and you know Archie and whatever. Yeah. Um, so like I thought, yeah, this will be fun. And then you know people see you at shows, and then they're like, hey, I I really. It's hard to say no when someone's complimenting you. Right. I know you love a yeah. compliment. So when someone's like, I really loved you do you think you could do my show? And I'm like, yes. And then the day of the show, I'm like, fucking kill me. Why did I ever say yes? And last night I was at a show when someone asked me to do another show Wait, at the same time. What show? What show did you agree to last night? Uh, that was uh, Extra as Fuck. That was our, one of our favorite guests, Dina Nina Martinez's show. No, I know what show you were at. What show did you agree to do now? I did not. Oh, okay. I, I was like, I'm at a show right now that you want me to, like, you're asking me to do a show at the time that you want me to be right, at the show. Right. So I was like, no, I can't do this. I don't know. I just feel like you're full back into the scene. You know what? Keep exploring. I got to pull that out. I got to pull that together. Because <laughs> I have no pop culture moments this week. I mean, the best I can do is that, um, I'm, you know, my comfort show, whenever I'm feeling down and I yeah. need like a pump up energy moment, I watch um, Law & Order SVU. <laughs> It always makes me feel so great. Yes, yes. And uh, last night, I, I, before I went to this uh, show, I, I watched the one with Snoop Doggy Dog. Did you guys know that? The Snoop I don't Doggy think he Dog's goes by Doggy Dog anymore. No, he's just Snoop. Yeah, well, oh, he, or Snoop Dog. He does not do a full Doggy Dog anymore. Times are a change in age. You know what? And our friend Amy Danzer, shout out to Amy, was really into his Instagram for like a long time and like was always like sending me stuff from Snoop's Instagram. But then he's got a new like Instagram handler who's sort of misogynistic. She's had to give it up. Oh, no. I know. Martha Stewart hasn't taught him anything. No, I know. We should leave. We should leave some comments for him. But wait, hey, Alice, do you have a um, comfort show? My comfort show for the last couple of weeks has been uh, falling down the Taylor Swift K-hole and Ooh. streaming her Eras tour and then watching TikToks of people at her Eras tour. Wow. I did not used to have TikTok. I downloaded it just for Taylor. Just to keep tabs on this tour. Wow. Are you going? Are you going in Chicago? We are going June 2nd. Hell yeah. Oh my God. Show. I can't believe you got tickets. Also, floor our baby, floor seats. <laughs> wow. Did you get them um, through the thing or did you have to buy them secondhand? Yeah, my cousin... Uh, won the great war and got wow. a code to buy them was on for six and a half great war she it was, was. On, she was on for six and a half hours on Ticketmaster, crashing not crashing code working not working um tickets disappearing out of her cart yeah and so she's just like i bought the the ones that made it through to my cart yeah. and she went way over our budget but, <laughs> but we are going we are happy to go and um uh, my wife uh, legitimized the 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 Taylor Swift K hole by saying, "Hey, it's just kind of like prorating the tickets. Like we're getting four months right, of right, entertainment, right, right, excitement. Right, this makes sense um, for nine hundred dollars. If anyone in your group becomes ill, 
you know, shoot me a text. <laughs> I will go with you. Get in line, sister. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, and 900 for the, ta- the Taylor Swift. That's Wait, not bad. for just one person or for you and your wife? Uh, 900 each. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was going to yeah. say it's that v- doesn't. It's yeah. a VIP package. We yeah, get yeah. Um, shitty pieces of paper and a box right. sent to us beforehand and our, <laughs> we get a little lanyard and get yeah. to feel special. And the, the lanyard yeah, yeah. the lanyard lights up though. So I think that's probably where like, <laughs> 600 of the dollars came from. Now, have you been a Swifty for a while? I was I was a hater for a yeah, while, yeah. and uh, one day my wife was like, "Hey, you know all the words to the song. You're singing along. <laughs> you know all the words." And then I was like, "Wait a minute! I think I actually fell trapped to that media. Like this person's overexposed, so right. you must hate them." Right. And realizing that it was actually the the media machine that was right. overexposed. The patriarchy, this the fucking patriarchy. Yes. Yeah, and Taking so Taylor and so down. I was like, "Okay, I'm not going to be a hater anymore." Wasn't necessarily a Swifty. Yeah. Not going to be a hater. And then um, a couple of her albums came out and I was like, holy moly, this person can write a song. I love it. I love uh, this for you. Yeah. Probably within the last five or six years was when I went full Swifty, though. Nice. Let I, me ask you yeah. something else. Are you a Rocky fan? I <laughs> Are you a Sylvester Stallone slash Rocky fan? I will say that I am not. I, oh. I think. I oh, think, strong words. I think baby Alice, I think like, you know, five, six, seven year old Alice that first discovered Rocky was like, oh, yeah, hero. Um, but I think on, on the rewatch, I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it. Let's, yeah, let's talk, talk about, about the it. recap. I would say it could be a lot worse. It could be a way more toxic manliness than it is i i thought yeah we'll get into it but one thing that i want to do is like let's talk about this opening scene because i thought okay which one because there's two yes i'm gonna say that one thing i think about rocky and like how these films come out is like we all really love the montages i love them so he comes out strong with a montage we've got like an american glove the eye of the tiger yeah the rushing glove a golden glove they're all like hitting each other and christine we're gonna need some eye of the tiger lead into this episode and then then we have like he's fighting um ice tea i'm not no mr t bitch mr t from rocky three so we're getting like all these feelings back from the prior uh show and then we see rocky I am the tiger. It's, it's a thrill of the I don't remember the words. <laughs> Alice is like, I don't know. You don't know no. the fucking words to Eye of the Tiger? I, mean, I don't think I do. Oh, wow. I just know the part where he's like, It's the Eye of. Wait, we just That's did that. We, we just, just did that. <laughs> it's the only part that really matters. Yes, it is. Yeah. And all the music is really good. Anyway, so. Anyway. There's all these gloves. There's uh, Mr. Then G. Then they explode. <laughs> I was that that I was like this is amazing fucking special I was effects. like I'm so excited this for is this 1985 movie. he's slaying it yes and so we immediately go into seeing Rocky and all of any Rocky fan who does not love Apollo Creed fucking you Apollo are Creed. not a Rocky fan fucking Apollo Creed so there's Rocky and Apollo and they are like talking about getting older and they decide that they're going to go out and like fight you have a little each spar other. a yes. little spar a friendly spar Rocky gets a black eye super cute. <laughs> Just bros hitting each other in the face. Exactly, they're boxers. They're boxers. And then the next scene we have is uh, Rocky's back at home. He's he's coming in late after the spar because you know he's supposed to have a party for Polly, who's also been in many of uh, the Rocky. He's movies. the trainer, and I think he is also Adrian's father. He's Adrian's brother. Brother. Yeah, oh, brother. Okay. Wow, he's extremely older than her. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, but okay. they're related. Thank God we have Alice. Here. I mean, yes. Thank you. Yeah. Well, because. Because all the, our Rocky fandom would have come for us online. Well, I was going to tell you, Alice also watched Rocky 1 because Brittany had never seen it, Brittany, okay, her wife. to prepare. Yes. Yeah, get a little backstory. I appreciate and like that. A, here's appreciate here's that. why this fight is important. Right. Let's, let's, let's show Rocky punching some meat. Right. So you know how In the far freezer. In the fucking freezer. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. loves punching well, meat. Unfortunately, you got to re-see that in a montage later in I this know. film. <laughs> Anyway, he's back, back at, at home. home. He's got his wife Adrian. She's cleaned up a lot since the first since the first film. Yeah, because we're not a rich. kid, Rocky Jr. They even have a robot butler situation because it's the eighties. This robot. Alice texted me. She's like the robot. <laughs> I mean, it's literally it's like short circuit. You know, like the fucking robot wheels in and, and it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I love it. I love and it. And it doesn't even really make any sense. No, there's no reason for it. To and be Polly there. said the right thing. He was like, "Why'd you get me a robot? I wanted a sports car." <laughs> but then, but then he programs the robot to have a sexy voice. Yes. Yeah. 
It's a straight up AI moment. It's very prescient now that we're watching it. Right. You know? And in the meantime, there's this new story that breaks out mm-hmm. that there is going to be a Russian heavyweight fighter mm-hmm. named Drago. Ivan Drago. He is coming to US. Yes. And he's <laughs> he's he's like super impressive. You know, mm-hmm. all this technology he's in Russia. Hot. He's a he's a pretty boy. He's like six five and like two. He's a little Ken Dolly for me. Yeah, I mean like he's not I'm just saying it's a look. Like yes. he's very fucking tall. He is definitely a machine. Because Brigitte Nielsen is his wife. Gorgeous. And she's about seven feet tall. Yes. Like Beautiful. she's super tall. They're together and they're just these like fucking blonde Russians coming to America and he wants to fight Rocky. Yeah. Well, and the, the Russians are saying like, look, we have manufactured basically uh, the world's perfect right. boxing machine. Right. And you see scenes of him like punching bags <laughs> and he hits like this computer bag. And, and it then says, it's just like 1,850. <laughs> 50 pounds. Bam! I mean, like, literally, you would decapitate a bitch, but yeah, take it. <laughs> I was like, and then, so, you know, Rocky and Apollo are watching this news program, mm-hmm. and they're like, we want to come in to do a demonstration fight. Like, it's supposed to be like a fun fight. Exhibition. It's not, yeah, exhibition. It's an exhibition. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'm just saying. Um, and, uh, Rocky and Apollo, like, I don't know what's happening at this moment, but Apollo gets this crazy ass idea that after five years of not fighting, he can fight this machine. Right. And there's no training time. I mean, this is an amazing moment in this script. Like, none of it makes sense because the guy challenges Rocky and Apollo's like, no, I'll do it. Well, (laughs) Apollo felt his his swag slipping away. Yes. Yes. Right. He's like, we're getting older. And he he mentioned something about like, nobody wants your picture anymore. No one wants to be at the party with you right so i think he feels his swag slipping away so he's like let me wedge myself in here yes and this is this is actually really important because in that scene he also says to rocky like we are fighters this is what we're meant to do and rocky's like dude you can't do this fight rocky was not wrong rocky (laughs) says he says i wrote it down they're changing they're turning into regular people Apollo can't fucking have that. Not regular people, bitch. No. Yes. And then Adrian's at the table too. And Adrian's like, guys, like, stop. Just quit. Like, you're, you're, this is too far, too long. But you know what? Apollo does whatever the fuck he wants. (laughs) We never even hear a word from his wife. (laughs) (laughs) She just shows up at the fight. Like, beautiful purple eyeshadow. Yes, but she doesn't get to speak. (laughs) So they get to this fight. Okay, can we talk about this scene, guys? It is, is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It's happening in Las Vegas. James and Brown is there. First of all, um, James Brown living is living in America. America. There's an entire, I mean, literally, Sly Stallone just commits to the musical bits in this movie. Yes. This goes on. He sings the entire song. Vegas Showgirls. Yes. yes. Guys in Top Hats. Yes, James yeah. Brown sings the entire song. And then down from the sky comes Apollo dressed like a 4th of July. Lie in glitter, <laughs> like he's like in a glittery top hat, sequins like outfit. I mean, well, let's talk about Drago's perspective. So yeah. Drago is like at the bottom of this like basement, and the communism. Ring, right? The ring, <laughs> the ring gets ro- like it rises up from yes. the ground, yeah. and he like stands there, and he's just there like a regular boxer. Yeah. And when this when he comes up, and the ring is finally up on stage, he is like blown away. Like yes. he has no idea what so is happening. So many people. Yes. <laughs> So many showgirls. So uh, the fight starts. Yes. Apollo dies. <laughs> Knocked his block off. I wrote, Drago kills Apollo in the rig, like literally dead. <laughs> Though the little, when he falls on his face and he does a couple like seizure moments, yeah. mm-hmm. those are pretty impactful. That yeah. hurt my heart. And like, um, when. They help you know that his spinal column has disconnected from his brain. Oh, <laughs> Alice. <laughs> I don't it's know so that tr- I needed that much it's information. True. It's also true. <laughs> <laughs> and right and right before the fight, actually, there's like a scene where Ivan's wife, Brigitte Nielsen, is like goes up to Apollo's wife and says, I hope we can still be friends. Yes, these. we'd be friends. They're just sportsmen, not soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> and then he kills him. It's yes, a, it's and a I think Apollo's wife is like probably like, fuck you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to be friends. Right. And after that happens, we see Rocky at the funeral. Yeah. Rocky says, you know, there's I no don't know one. what I can say about Apollo. <laughs> okay. He's also, a good man. This reminds me that I think I think Sylvester Stallone was hot. <laughs> like, you she texted like, me. I was like, those brown eyes, what is happening to me? He's like not hot, but no, also his, hot. It's yes. very odd. His, Alice weigh in. As the resident lesbian, <laughs> I um 
was a was a athletic uh, little toe headed kid. Yeah. I wanted to be Drago. Yeah, uh, Rocky was obviously the hero that was yeah, yeah. fed to us. Um, but as uh, as an adult woman, I would absolutely fuck Drago. Drago Drago's hot, <laughs> He's dude. Hot, yeah. And, yeah. He, and Brigitte Nielsen never lets him talk. Fucking total bonus yes. points, right? Like we never. The only thing he says is, "You will lose." The whole like the whole movie. That's yes, it. and yeah. hot, and she's also really gorgeous. Yeah. you know. Um, but when when Rocky is talking about Apollo, and they like do these close up of his face, his like yeah. eyes are perfectly round, like these long lashes. But they're but this, not like, really. One is not, lower than right, the other, like, and then his mouth his <laughs> yeah. mouth is all messed up, yes, and his hair is like all this. bad. Oh. <laughs> it's like yes. you and your brown eyes. So he gets home, and you know he's taking some time off because he needs to like think about Apollo, and he comes home and he tells Adrian. That he must seek revenge. It's it's fucked up. What does Adrian say? All You're right. gonna lose. <laughs> well, before that, she says you're you willing. Can't win. She says you're willing to lose everything. We can come back to this, but this is I thought you know Sly really reaching for something yes. here. But he's like, she's like, you're willing to lose everything, and he says, this ain't everything, Adrian. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, he we'll... just watched his friend die. Right. Yeah. And then right. he's like, I want that guy to punch me in the head. Right. 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 We'll come back to that part. Well, yeah, but it's interesting. We're never going to get rid of uh, toxic masculinity no. in the 80s. But no. it's, it's, I actually thought that the scene was really well written in yeah. terms of like what Rocky could do. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> like it's very touching. And she's obviously very concerned. And they have had a journey. Like we know by Rocky Four that they have had a journey together. I'm a fighter. You married a fighter. <laughs> That's my favorite line. Anyway, then we go into another bonkers montage. The greatest where, montage ever. Where Rocky's driving his sports car and we see basically all the first three movies. Yes. <laughs> Interspersed with Drago working out and hitting Apollo. Also, it's like, also one of my favorite, favorite uh, scenes from all the Rocky's movies is when Apollo and... Um, Rocky are like running on the beach. Fuck yes, oh, yeah. and they're like really short tiny shorts. shorts. Oh. They jump in the water and yes. hug each other. It's so homoerotic. It is everything that I really oh. wish that roller derby yes. had been. Like, yes. <laughs> like, I just want to run in this beach. Um, so the video montage happens. There's a great '80s yes. soundtrack that's it's going great. on about like heartbreak and heartfelt and like yeah. blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. So the next thing that we see. He's in Russia. He's flown to Russia. And you know what happens next? Another montage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my favorite thing is like they get to Russia and Polly is like, look at the shithole. And I was looking at the cabin and I was like, oh, this would definitely be on Airbnb today. Yeah. (laughs) Like people would be like, let me pay $300 a night for this place. Right. To stay in the middle of nowhere. Polly's very upset. He's like, there's no (laughs) Wi-Fi. And then um, the Russians also have like a a team tailing. Um, Rocky and Rocky's right. like who who are those guys who do right and then the guys are like well they've, they've been, assigned been assigned to you, to you. they're um, just like in a car yes in and fur hats <laughs> and I know I just said that we just saw the most exciting and best montage of all the Rocky films when he's in his car but, it but gets I'm, better. I'm wrong I'm it wrong it's better this one is the very best because I have. I cannot lie. So I wrote a book recently and I have like a moment in the book that I ape after a Rocky montage, which I'm not even sure that I told you about. No, you didn't tell me. So I have seen all of these Rocky montages of training numerous times on YouTube. And this is definitely the best one. He's running because it's like Drago is all technology, but the technology is hilarious. It's like he has like a rowing machine. And like, he has a climbing machine. Right. But Rocky, on the other hand, is the original CrossFit bitch. Yes. He's carrying fucking logs and going through the snow. He's like fucking chopping wood. He's running up the mountain. It's it's fucking hot. Yeah, that running up the mountain scene is definitely like a yeah. callback to the running up the stairs scene. Yes. And I, yeah. I like I actually cheered. Yes. I knew he was gonna get up there. Right. I've seen this movie. Well, by the time he got to the top, I was like, this is very unsafe. There's no ropes. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is not a re- like this is literally a peak now. Yes. But then we're watching him do so many incredible things with his body. I that mean, part like, was hot. Oh, Did you find that he's to be like hot? Slick so and oily. Not hot. Not attracted to a Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> but what about when but he's on his shoulders and when he's, he's got leather? Meditating, oh. like he's got his whole body like doing the barn sit-ups where yeah. he's like yeah that oh that okay you that know. was hot yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like male male form body yes it's the face not so much yeah <laughs> i liked when he had like the yoke on him like yes. the oxen yes, yoke yes. and he's running um lifting the people in the yes. wagon yes. yeah adrian's in the wagon Polly's in yes. the wagon the other <laughs> trainers in the wagon yeah, and he's like <gasps> 
and you like know. his veins are like popping in his forehead. And I mean, I his am body just like, is, is so legit. Wild. He's hanging from the rafters doing like sit-ups. I mean, his yes. body is fucking sick. But then montage gets interrupted because why? Adrian's back. She's a stalwart woman. She she knows what she married. It's a fighter. I knew that I was super tired at this point because when he, they hug and she's like, "I will always be here for you." Always. Like my eyes watered up. <laughs> I, I was because for some reason I thought this was the one where she finally leaves him because at some point she leaves him I think in the Rocky series so. but I was just like oh, I can't this is so so lovely and then I, then my second thought was like where the fuck is your kid right I, she <laughs> doesn't bring him kids. to Russia but no. I will say it's a lot to ask of a woman to like see you potentially be killed in a boxing ring right after your close friend Absolutely. was killed in the boxing ring like a month prior yes. and you're also <laughs> old and had not been training but yes. okay but okay. he is training because well, we're back to is. the montage. Oh, oh, and back on the montage, Drago's on steroids. That's pretty important. And um, oh, the parallel. This is great. Rocky's back, climbing the mountain, running, running, right. running. He loses his tail. The Russians, their car spins out, right? And at the same time, Drago's on a treadmill, but his trainers are like, more, more. They're pressing the button, and he's going like fucking vertical. And yes, Rocky's going vertical treadmill. up the mountain. And then, you know, Drago... He doesn't make it, but Rocky does. Rocky's, uh, what a moment. Drago's yeah. got to tap out. Rocky yeah. gets to the top and yells, Drago! Oh, yeah. That's foreshadowing. <laughs> gets so, some, yeah. some 80s not stable cam helicopter yes. footage yes. that <laughs> definitely <laughs> made me sick. You could definitely tell it was not the drone era. <laughs> anyway, it's time for the fight. Yes. And yes. this is also wild, right? Because we've already had this like parallel. It's going to be a parallel to what the American one is. Right. Because now we're in Russia. America versus Russia. Yeah. And this one's a little bit colder, right? Like we see them, they all get to the stage, very like very normal mm-hmm. kind of way. But then suddenly the whole audience rises up and all the like, uh, I guess politicians are all standing yes. up because I'm not sure exactly why there's a whole panel of politicians at this fight. Well, I think <laughs> the whole crowd was in military dress. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're so right. They yes. must have been like Russian conscripts that are like, please come and cheer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's happening probably at a military base. We don't know. And then they all get up to like deal with the Russian national anthem and then this beautiful like flag or would you think it's a flag or like some kind of like artwork comes up tapestry and oh tapestry. that's of that's drago yes yes where it's like his like kind of an anime look to him well, it's and, like an artist rendering and all you're seeing are, yeah. are like the the camera, the, the camera pans to drago and the camera pans to sylvester stallone and then back and forth and back and forth and they're just like beating with sweat it's hot and we are going to kick off this fight yeah which of course is very very long. They go it goes for what, a long twelve time. rounds as many as they can. Yes, they just they a lot just of keep hitting. going. And a I, lot of I hitting. would say that like as a sports movie, like it is pretty exciting to watch the fight. You know, you kind of you know what's going to happen. But they they did a good job in like balancing the the fight to like make everyone like be like, oh my god, what's what's, what's going to happen? There was what's this one time where Drago slugs. Rocky on the side of his face. Oh, and his, his whole jaw. It's in slow motion, and his whole lips go. <laughs> and I did think sweat flies off. I did think like, how they shoot? Did, did they really hit him? <laughs> like, what's going on here? They must have really hit him. I mean, I don't know, but it was like it's so intense. And even yes. like they, they do the same thing to Drago's face. And um, the fight is actually, like I said, uh, for a sports movie. I think they did a good job in building the yeah. tension, and it was really fun to watch. Yeah, and then. Rocky wins! But no, you're missing a point. There's like a turn where like, you know, the Duke is like, hey, look, you got him. He's not a machine. He's a man. Take him in the heart. Take him in the heart. And, you know, there's the whole no pain, no pain, no pain, no pain. And then there's the whole, the crowd starts cheering for Rocky. Right. And you're like, well, this doesn't make any fucking sense, but his body looks sick. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) we'll go with it. But then he wins and then he gives a speech about diplomacy and peace, and even the Russian politicians get on their feet. And you know what? The bottom line is America. America. It was a great time. It's 90 minutes, and I would say 30 of those are montage. So jump in. You know, everybody could watch it. It doesn't require a lot of It's accessible. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, but the whole point of watching this movie is that we wanted to talk about, like, being an athlete and why pushing your bodies to the limit. What do you get out of it? Like, I mean... I think being a boxer looks literally fucking insane, but I would also say that probably about roller derby. Like, I don't want to get hit by any fucking girls. Like, not really. So tell us about no, it. You know, I, I, I'll let Alice tell the story, but I just want to say that 
in that in the same realm, you know, I started roller derby this league when I was thirty years old. Yeah, so I wasn't a young. Chick. I was going to say you were too old to be getting <laughs> fucking hit in the head. Right, and, and they I had, had two children. Definitely had no idea what I was doing. I completely accept all responsibilities for every mistake <laughs> I made in roller derby, which was a lot, which was a lot. But um, when I met Alice, this and I thought about this when I was driving to to the podcast today. I was like. Alice and I kind of had an Apollo Rocky moment when I first met Alice. Do you want to tell the story? Absolutely. I um, had had gotten myself to about somehow and was like, I need to see as many of these as I can. And uh, hunted down wherever, I think it was MySpace, wherever the Windy City Rollers were going to be handing out flyers next. And I... Oh, I think it was Renegade Craft Fair. I saw Elizabeth at Renegade Craft Fair and I said, hey... This just absolutely blew my mind. I really want to do it, but I had back surgery a couple of years ago. Um, you know what? What is training like? And you know, do you think I can do it? And she's like, No. <laughs> it's like absolutely fucking not. <laughs> but please buy tickets to the next bout. And then this bitch shows up at tryouts. <laughs> I had my own rocky moment. I went out. I bought a pair of skates. I went to the rink. I was like, All right, I'm not going to fuck my back up too much. I'll go show her. <laughs> And and skated for a couple years after that. And it was, yes, you know, it was, was it fine? It was absolutely time of my life. I'm like, did uh, you hurt your back? <laughs> I didn't. Not directly from roller derby. That was always. It was always just going to be its own issue. That, okay. Um, but it was. Uh, if we can equate like the training for roller derby, it was all like by us for us. So it yes. was like very rocky in the Ural Mountains of mm-hmm. Russia. It was you know high knees. Um, you know lifting cans of soup instead of weights you know we we had to make do with whatever we had because it was a shoestring budget yeah yeah doing uh, bulgarian squats in wicker park like we would go up there on like sunday mornings or like saturday mornings and did you ever go to those the park park workouts so i missed those those were more first season yeah. but um at, in subsequent seasons after because i believe one of your one of the skaters was a personal trainer so yeah she, ivana she a, Krusha. so she ran a lot of those sessions i had a coaching background and sports background so other women with similar talents PE teachers whatever we would then run those Saturday workouts we never made it to the parks but um, yeah we used to do like full on workouts like leapfrogging in the parks and we would all like show up because at the time the first season gals were probably the messiest gals right like we had no (laughs) idea what we were doing and we were like smoking at the games We were literally, we would smoke in the middle of like this, the bouts. I mean, we were that just like, great. yes. And then um, we would show up in these, like, for these workouts with like mascaras smeared on our face, smelling like vomit from like whoever threw well, up. Well, that the night continued before. in subsequent seasons as well. <laughs> First season was a little more punk rock. Second season, more athletes joined. Yes. Uh, the, the size of the league grew a bunch. And I think a lot of athlete, female athletes that had never had an opportunity like this um, joined on. And so it kind of turned from, it was still pretty punk, but it, it turned more athletic. I think. Yeah, def- I think that definitely your your class of the Derby Gals like really, really changed the whole perspective um, in a positive way where we weren't like hurting ourselves all the time because we had no idea what we were doing, like I said. Um, but like talk to us about a little bit about what made you want to join at that point because yeah. how old were you at that point i was uh probably 25 or 6 okay still so, i mean for like af like for like sports 25 is not young she's already had a surgery right, right. Yeah, i've so, already had a surgery so I've already... tell us why you're gonna risk your back for for the derby you're I, apollo in this story yes, that's what i'm saying so and and i think that's where also i can relate a little bit to the like I know I can do more. I'm not done yet. Um, you know, I'm, the swag was was slowly drifting away from me. Like, wait, no, I need to get that back. <laughs> Let's go do something dangerous. So, we so I think Graham Seven in the house. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I think I just had I had more in me to give, and I was kind of burnt out on soccer at that point. I'd been playing soccer um, for twenty something years, and. Um, you know, I think I kind of had taken it as far as I could. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can't really get to that high level without um, ne- wanting and needing to aspire to more and more and more. But I wasn't good enough that I was going to be starting. So I'd be like, I'd be doing all this work to sit on the bench and I'm not doing that. I'm going to go be the best roller derby player. Nice. <laughs> I, I love that. I love that calculus. So when you when you decided to join, what was appealing to you about coming into the league? I think I knew the power of uh, strong women teammates 
and and that very much appealed to me. I I think I also seeing the punk rock side of it. There were fake fights and stuff like that. The fir- maybe some the first real season. ones, yeah, and maybe some real ones. I grew up um, watching like WWE, and then after. Uh, wrestling was Glow, and then after Glow was Roller Derby. So I'd seen a bit of it before, and I think I knew at that point, having these experiences on uh, teams with women, it's it's a lot. There's a lot of personalities. There's a lot of... Oh, yes. There's a <laughs> lot to navigate, and I think I knew that with my previous experience of being on teams with strong personalities and differing goals and differing... Um, aspirations, I think I knew I could handle that. And I think I knew that I had some talents and some experience that I could lend to that as well. And then also seeing that, hey, it was more punk rock. I'm an athlete, but I'm kind of punk too. So I think I can fit in well here. And it, it just looked like a blast. Yeah. In those first seasons, though, you guys hit each other. We, I mean, like, right? Like elbows in the face. We've, like, for sure. Because now I, yeah. it's, it's a little more like tame to watch. There's a lot of rolling in a circle, right? But like yeah. back in the day... <laughs> Yeah, I would I would say that that because the, the rules kind of changed later in the years. I think after we were done, that made the game very slow. But at the time that we were doing it, we were definitely out to like hurt each other. Yeah, those I mean, those first years of roller derby was a lot more skate fast, turn left, hit hard. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and and with the changes in the rules, it's gotten a lot more strategic, and it's gotten a lot slower sometimes yeah. and it's more about trapping rather than sending the girl flying into the cooler and we right. definitely broke a lot of bones the first couple of years because we we were just like we were really really aggressive and in, in, in a way that I feel like is is awesome like finding that power I didn't know that I had that in me and starting the league and then like being able to be in these positions where you know it's just it's it's a way where you're like helping other people and you're also like protecting your own. So there's something like very for me, very like um, mama about it, you know, and being able to know that like I could I could actually set my mind to something and train and like do all the things because my team needed this from me um, was like super empowering to me. It changed my life. It changed the way that I became a person. Um, one of the things that Adrian always says about me is that I'm really good at conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. And that absolutely came from Derby, don't you think? It definitely is needed there. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with, with any team, again, uh, whether it's a team at work or a sports team, you're going to have people with different aspirations and t- people with different skill sets. And you have to find a way to make their skill sets work the best for the team while also helping them reach their individual and their team goals. And I don't know if you ever thought about it that deeply or if you're just putting out fires the whole time. But that is something that like coaches do, project managers do, you know, managers of of teams at at other occupations do. Yeah, I thought I mean, I I think that uh, the the conflicts that came up, I think, were a lot for me. wasn't so much team based because I think you were actual you were captain so you were like really thinking about strategy and things like that. For me, I was I think I was thinking a lot more. I dealt with a lot more of the drama, you know, people like telling on each other and like (laughs) poking at each other and starting fights with each other. And so that was a completely like different way I think to approach conflict, which is something that we've talked about too. Because when I first met you, I always said you know conflict's a hard thing, but it's like. It wasn't easy for you to always say like "fuck you" to people, <laughs> and, I, and I think that's <laughs> now changed it's for really you. easy. Yeah, like, I think it's changed for you. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. Yeah, and yeah. what do you think that that shift is though? Like, what do you, where do you think you find that power? About, I think it's, some of it is just getting fucking older and getting like yeah. tired of bullshit, you know, and being like, you know what? At this point, like, I'm 43, and like, if we disagree, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I will say the one thing though that you're really good about conflict or that I've seen you do actively is like look someone in the eyes and express your love for them (laughs) so they feel safe having this conflict moment with you. And it's like wild to watch. Can you get in a fight with her and we can demonstrate? (laughs) I mean, you're really good at it. But the thing that I always think about the roller derby, like and what you guys are saying, like, listen, I love teams. I love gals. Like, I love all of this. I'd love the drama, too. It's the like hitting each other (laughs) and being like potentially hurt that I'm like oh I couldn't join this club (laughs) it is very unique yeah right um if you're doing it right there is an area of your body that is supposed to collide right Uh your shoulder to your mid thigh Uh you're not supposed to be hitting the head 
so there are some safety measures. One of the first things they teach you on day one is how to fall. Yeah. And that's what you do for the first week or two. Before you are hitting each other, before you're doing anything else, it's how do you fall because it's very important to yeah. hit the ground correctly and to minimize impact. Um, and you already knew how to do that from soccer. I was very body aware. Yeah. Um, I was a I was a goalkeeper in soccer, oh, so I absolutely odd. knew which parts of my body should hit the ground and how to minimize impact and and yeah. also how to fall to get up quickly as well. Um, so I had a bit of that already. It was it's a different way of falling in roller derby, obviously, and sometimes you can't control how you're falling, but yeah. if you practice it enough, you hopefully won't get hurt while doing it. Yeah, they. I mean, I think practicing falls is very important because also you get broken that way. It's easy to get broken. I mean, we had a really terrible situation in Cicero. Um, what was our second or third season? Um, I think it was the third season. Yeah. We had um, a skater. Um, shout out to Tequila Mockingbird if you're not listening. <laughs> Probably not because um, she's moved on to greater things. Um, but she was a skater who, I mean, I can't, this story is so awful, but she fell and um never got back up basically um and i think part of that was like we we our our skates would get tangled in each other and when you're like in this massive pile on the ground like how everyone gets up and like everyone's feet are flying it's it was really really it could be really dangerous you know we lost a lot of legs (laughs) people not lost them but lots of people broke their legs had to get like metal put into it collarbones were broken arms were broken um but concussions concussions concussions. oh yeah i definitely i'm a victim of several concussions um and i think that as we were progressing from like being a kind of an amateur league that didn't really know what we were doing we started to notice all these things and then everyone not just our league but the whole country was like how do we prevent these um injuries from happening and the problem with that, I think, is that the reason the audience comes is because they want to see that. Yeah, they get excited to see like this, like, like full, boxing. Yes, like this full contact sport. Yeah. Um, and then as we got more and more smarter about it, I think people were like a little bit more like, "Oh, this is not as fun if you don't see yeah. someone get hurt," which is kind of fucked up. Absolutely, well, th- this goes back to exactly the scene with Rocky and Adrian, right? right. And. I'm Adrian in this scene where I'm like, maybe you shouldn't lose everything. Like, maybe you shouldn't risk getting like paralyzed or really hurt. And he's like, this ain't everything. He's talking about like capitalism. He's like the house, you know, and the cars. That's not what she's talking about. She's talking about like their child and their fucking marriage and like whatever. So I I thought the scene like worked, but could have been delved a little more. But I still think it's like it's interesting because then like. What is the everything? You know, what is the thing that puts you back out there and putting yourself at risk? Like, right. I think he's saying that it's he doesn't say it, but I think we're supposed to extrapolate that his is about honor or some man thing. Purely right. ego driven. Yeah. Right. He's got to defend Apollo's honor. This right. man who was just killed right. in the ring by right. getting punched in the head. Right. When Rocky told him not to do it and everyone knew he was going to lose. I would, oh, and Rocky doesn't throw the towel in. That's another thing yeah. we haven't talked about, which is. Because like, Apollo says not to. Right. But Apollo's getting his ass beat and Rocky knows that he should throw the towel in because he's getting really fucking hurt and he doesn't until the final blow i would say that i did my feeling when rocky and adrian are having that that conversation is um that rocky does recognize that it's also about family like i think he does see that but he's just kind of like this is not enough like just being a family man's not going to be enough for me yeah and i think i mean we could talk about this alice is, is the idea of like how much work we put in to play this game. Yeah. You know, and how much time you have to sacrifice. I mean, how how much time do you think you were doing? I think at the height of of my roller roller derby dumb, it was probably <laughs> between actual training, talking with people, planning everything it was probably 15 plus hours a week. I would I would I would estimate higher even probably because higher. because we had promotions too in the marketing stuff. Oh God, I forgot about yes. that. Yes, so <laughs> <laughs> I mean I would I would say it was like a full like a for me it was like at one point it was a full time job. I would say later on in the years it was probably a part time job, but that means like we were working full time, and then we'd sacrificed everything else outside of it, and nothing to me for a while. Like I think I definitely was like a rocky in terms of like nothing mattered to me more than like making this game happen. Yeah, my career kind of lulled 
for a while there and I was okay with it. At, at some point I realized that it was a conscious decision. I was like, I'm not going to really push at work or aspire for more there because I've got about two more years of doing this. And I kind of put that on hold. Um, a lot of failed relationships, you know, romantic or familial relationships because of the time commitment. And I think also, um, you know, it just, it changed doing something like roller derby. It's so powerful for the people that are involved in it. It's this family and it's that it's this, nobody knows what we're going through except for us Yeah, that it, uh, it forms special, very special relationships. Yeah. Like hardcore relationships. And I think it's, you learn so much about yourself, right? Like you learn that you can really push yourself. So um, Adrian had an older athlete moment in her life, which is when she met me. And I started, um, because obviously I just love clubs. <laughs> so, you do, you do. So I started, um, yeah, I mean, maybe probably from the Derby because I've always like wanted, I love that, the connection you're talking about, that like desire of like feeling like family, like the Fast and the Furious were family um, moments is like so important to me. And so I decided that I would start this um, bike team with uh, with Anita Applebaum. Hi, Anita. Um, and Adrian, I somehow roped into doing it. It's true. Um, but Adrian had the whole thing because this is going to be where things are going to get heated in this wait, conversation. Wait, let me ask. We're going to get. Let me let, ask her. Listen, do no. Not, let me. Let me prep not, this. No, do not bias. <laughs> we Alice. are going to get into such a fight. <laughs> do not bias Alice. I want to just ask. You. Okay. Okay, Alice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you believe that some people are natural athletes or no? Yes. No, that's not the question. That's my fucking question. No, that's not. That's my fucking the way question. This, okay, let me explain. I'm going to give you the history. <laughs> See, the but history, you're biasing her. No, I'm not. You're biasing this her. This is where the argument comes in. So, Hold your answer in your head because you're being biased. Okay. So one of the things that used to drive me really batshit crazy with Adrian is we would get on our bikes, right? We would be riding our bikes. And, you know, I've been riding my bike for like 20 years. And so it would be like super easy to ride my bike. But Adrian had just basically learned to ride. I mean, she didn't learn to ride a bike that that year. But it was like the first time you'd yeah, been on a bike of, in sort of. forever. And she's not like a regular biker. And we would ride for a while and she'd get tired and she'd be like, well, I'm just not a natural athlete. And I'd be like, it's not about being a natural athlete. Like you're dismissing all of my time that I've put into this, right? This part we agree upon. I don't disagree with this part. The part I disagree with, Alice, are some people natural athletes? I think they're absolutely are thank you i think alice is a natural goalie i can tell i think though where the nuance in your this conversation that i'm picking up is this is is well trodden ground (laughs) because let me tell you as somebody that's run numerous soccer camps roller derby workouts there are some people that just cannot they don't have the coordination to do certain things like footwork drills or or whatever I think the nuance of what you guys are talking about is how hard are you willing to push your body? Yeah. If you've never pushed yourself harder than X, then you've never been past X and you don't know that you can get past X. Yes. And I think yes. I think what Elizabeth is saying is that it's not your athleticism. Yes. It's your fear of, am I going to poop myself? Yes. Am I going to yes. vomit if yes. I go harder than yes. whatever? All of this I agree with and all of this I openly say you taught me. Yeah, no, but I'm just I'm say- just saying fundamentally I believe because you can see it with your fucking eyes. There are certain people yes. that are just naturally but inclined. Even if you are naturally inclined to do something like play soccer and do all the footwork, right? Even if you're naturally if you do not practice it. Yes, but I not- agree with that. You're you're so you are I feel like when you ask are people athletically inclined, that's physical. Yes. And I think the mental yes. is where you, I think the disagreement is happening is that like you don't know that you have the eye of the tiger. Right. Yes. No, and I agree. Yes. I'm yes. saying she exactly. taught me these things for sure. Like, listen, when she... <laughs> I should also say... We've been having this fight for like seven years. She took me to get a bike, which was so loving. I mean, Elizabeth has definitely supported and loved and taken care of me for many years in ways that have grown me as a person. I need to also say this was a very shitty bike. Yes, It was of course. very heavy. The, the seat fell down. Its seat was broken. She taught me how to use my gears incorrectly because she doesn't remember Uh her lefts and her rights so listen this doesn't negate any of the beauty that she brought me but there are reasons that perhaps i was tired because she taught me to use the gears wrong going up the fucking hill on a 100 pound bike every every time every time she's like i'm like go left (laughs) yes and she she goes the other way i'm like wait what's happened you know about that you know and 
it, truthfully, yes. I was obviously very scared. I didn't like riding my bike in the city. I, I still am not like, yeah, let's be killed on yeah, Milwaukee. Like, that. I'm not trying to take risks like that. But yes, I mean, we trained. She pushed me into doing things that I could have never done. And I do believe I'm not naturally athletic. But from the things that we have talked about, yes, obviously the fear and the training, like I did things that I never thought I could do for sure. And yeah. I and I agree with Alice is like if you don't you don't know you're that you're naturally inclined until you're pushed into doing something to know that you know but no because I know I'm not naturally inclined because we did those things we uh, literally Elizabeth and I rode what like almost 400 miles across Ohio in five fucking days it was like 90 degrees there was no water like we were riding like 80 miles a day uphill uphill it was super fucking hard and I did it but at no point like was I like oh yes. You know, this is my soul. I don't even know if I like biking, Alice, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> well, this is a great this is a great question, because I think like part of it's too that you joined it as like an older person. So your body is not the same way as it was when like Alice started playing soccer. Right. So when did you start playing soccer? And then like how, how much of your gap was between soccer and derby? And what did you feel like was the difference between those two bodies? So I played all of the sports growing up, um, started soccer when I was five, got really Natural athlete. got really competitive, got really into it and kind of knew soccer was going to be my focus. And about junior high is when I said, I want to be a goalie, even though I was one of the better field players. I said, I want to I want to play goalie. High school got pretty competitive on it, played on like a junior Olympic um, team, like a regional Olympic team. Um and then in college, played at a very high level, like where we we had, this is my Drago moment, where we had like Nike research and development coming to our team to have us test products. Oh my God. And we had lifting coaches and we had, you know, different um, in-season and off-season programs. Um, and then when I was drafted, so that would be about 2002, 2003, and then roller derby was 2004, 2005. So I was still in pretty good shape, not great shape, back surgery under my belt, had stepped away from competitive soccer and was coaching, but still, you know, running, playing, demoing, like diving on the ground still with my teammates. And now, like your body, how does your body feel? You're feeling like... Are you feeling it? I mean, because derby is hard on, like, I can't jump anymore. My knees, like, anytime I'm doing, like, exercises, and they're like, do a jumping jack. I'm like, fuck no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I do, like, the jumping step outs. <laughs> yeah, my body was a real wreck after roller derby. I, there were a number of ways I wasn't taking care of my body well. Um, <laughs> Drinking just, beer. <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, after these two or three hour practices, going out to the bars and, you know, not getting enough sleep and then, you know, going to work and then doing it all over again the next day. So real, no real good recovery and just, again, drinking a lot, not taking great care of my body. Um, after roller derby, I did about three solid years of hot yoga to kind of unwind my body and let it heal. Um, and that also really taught me the importance where I kind of was finally paying att better attention of what does my back actually need, doing a lot more core um, doing a lot more stretching and, you know, with, with roller derby and with soccer, it's very right leg dominant. It's you, you, it's very bipolar activities where it's very one-sided. You are turning left all the time yeah. in roller derby. Um, in soccer, I was right footed. So all of my kicks, all of my throws were all on my right hand side. So doing yoga really helped me kind of even out. And and now I've got a whole lot better balance of like how I treat my body and how I train. Yeah. So when you were younger and you're running versus when you're older and you're skating, what? how did that feel? Like, did you notice a big difference or is it because you were training for so long that it just kind of naturally felt okay? Yeah, just I think I I think it was okay. Learn the movement, and then okay, it's this repetitive movement, and here's how you step out of it, and here if you get off balance, here's here's how you get back into it. Man, that's not how it felt for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, did you do any high school sports before? No. I mean, like you were just like, I'll start a fucking sport. Like literally found it. It's. <laughs> It was so weird. Um, you know, like I, I always tell that people, like I was in the middle of my divorce when I started the Windy City Rollers. And prior to that, I had never done anything. But my mar my marriage was hard. You know, I felt, I felt very un unhappy. And I couldn't, 
I think I was like too young to know or to understand that I could express these feelings. Like I didn't know that I could be like, this marriage does not make me happy and this is why, and this is why I need to get out of it. So at some point, um, after I had the kids, the, the way for me to get to and from work was biking. So I, I got an old bike and I would bike to and from work every day. That was like 45 minutes there and 45 minutes back. So then every day I had like my own piece, you know. Um, and at the time I was working with Kelly, whose sister Sledgehammer, who helped me start the, the roller derby league. And um, she was into running. So one day she's like, winter came and she's like, let's start running at this this gym. So I would run at the gym. But at this point, I'm still like 27 years old when all this is starting. Um, and then I did like my first 10 mile race, which I thought was a 5K. I was completely wrong. <laughs> this sounds exactly like you. Yes. I was like, oh, shit, this is a really long run. And then um, we decided to do Kowalunga for the first time. So those are the those are like. I'm in my late 20s when I'm first exposed to exercise and um, fitness in any way. And I just had so much fun in him because I think really what the truth was is like it gave me a place to run. Yeah. And I think this is also the truth for like why kids and like city youth really, really need sports is because it's a place where you can like find solace and like sol- like be quiet and settle down and just be in the moment and be present. And um, then I saw the Texas Roller Girls had a documentary coming out. Um, called Hell on Wheels and I watched these like chicks in fishnets with red lipstick like beating the shit out of each other and skating and I was like oh my god I really want to do this and so I wrote to them and I wrote to a bunch of people and um, they were all like well there's not a league in Chicago and I was like oh darn and then they were like well, why don't you start one and I was like well I didn't put any skates on since I was like 12 and they were all like yeah so what <laughs> and then I was like fuck yeah let's go <laughs> And it changed my life. I mean, it changed my whole trajectory. And I love sports now. I love to watch them. I love to like be part of them. I don't like running as much. Like running soccer, I could never play soccer. Yeah. With, so with soccer, for, for my training, especially as a goalkeeper, a lot of it was like short sprints. Yeah. Right. So footwork over and over and over again, short sprints, or do a short little sprint and then come back and then throw your body in the air and, you know, don't let the ball get behind you. So, yeah, the straight up running, I still, <laughs> I, I after about three miles, I tap out and I'm like, well, why would I ever do more than this? <laughs> exactly. Just I'm let like- <laughs> me outrun the slowest buffalo so that when the zombie apocalypse comes, I'm not g- gotten. Now, were your parents like really into you being an athlete? Because, Absolutely. Okay. Because the way I grew up, was my parents either ignored me or my mom was like on 10 about my safety. Like if you were just like walking, she'd be like, oh, you could fall over. Like no one would have ever encouraged me to purposely jump and fall down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was the other thing, because when we first met, because how old were you when we first met? I don't know. I'm 43. So So you're probably in your 30s. So when she decided to join the um, bike team, she told her mother, she was like, I'm going to do this bike ride. It's going to be 100 miles in one day. And her mom was like, you can't do that. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that your parents' like encouragement for that really helped you develop your natural skill? 100%. They, um, I think it was, number one, a way to get me out of the house. Like Even if it wasn't organized sports and I was you know, bumping around the house and didn't know what to do, my mom said, go run some stink off. <laughs> Put me outside, close the door, come home when the street lights come on. So, um, and then absolutely, they were incredible about, um, you know, my interest in sports and athletics growing up, you know, took me to all the practices, bought me the gear, came to all the games. And you're in a soccer league now, right? You started. Yeah. She she joined another soccer team. I I love Alice. (laughs) I I love her parents being supportive. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on a team with um, about 10 to 11, maybe 12 rotating women. I think all of us are, I think the youngest person on our team is 38, so like 38 to 43, 44, where every Thursday night we go out and play against other 40 to 60-year-old women. Wait, where is this happening? Berwyn. No, it's, uh, the, the games are in Palatine. It's actually right oh, by really? where Orbit Skate Rink used to be. So oh, it's... shout out to Orbit RIP. Wait, are you going to play in the summer? Maybe we'll go out. We'll ride, yeah, our, we'll bikes. Watch. We'll ride our bikes to Palatine. Yeah. My, my wife, I have been trying to get my wife out to a game until I told her there was a bar there, and now she's absolutely <laughs> She's in. into it. Yeah. I love it. 
What would you say um, before, you know, since we're going to have to wrap this up, but like, what would you say to, to like, if our listeners are out there and they're like, I am 35, it is not time for me to try to join a sport or get fit or like, you know, tr- push myself physically. Let's just put it that this way. This is all our listeners yes. are middle-aged people. I know. So yeah, speak speak but, to them. Yes. <laughs> But if there, if there was someone like like out there like that, what would you say is like the best benefit to doing it all? I think that um, working out, it the the hype is real as far as like it is incredible for your mental health. I think body movement, whatever it is, to the best of your ability before you experience pain, moving your body, doing some coordinated effort um, is is amazing. And if if you can find a team or a buddy to do it with, even better. You know. Riding your bike is fun, but riding your bike with a friend is better. Playing soccer, I can go out and kick my ball against my garage door, but if I'm on a team with women, it's so much more fun because we're cracking jokes in between. Yeah. Or, hey, you didn't do that very well, you know, <laughs> just jive, you know, ribbing each other. Um, I would say that it's, it's, you know, part of part of why I do it and continue to do it is don't let the old man in. I think <laughs> it's very true. If you stop, you stick. So, um, you know, the times when I'm a lazy bum and don't do anything and I lay on the couch and watch movies all all weekend is when my body hurts the next day. Yeah. So I need to do something personally. Again, just like having the back issues that I've had, I need to keep I know what I need to do for my body to keep moving. I get bored really easily doing one thing. So being in different sports, going on different pieces of equipment, you know, find what works for you, even if it's 20 minutes at a time. Yeah. I love that. I know. Alice is the best. I told you she's one of the best humans on the planet. I love it. I love it. I mean, I feel like I learned a lot from especially like obviously our first season in Team Tough Muff, but especially from like our Ohio trip, because when you're riding that long and that hard for, you know, under conditions that fucking suck. Right. For the listeners, we were averaging about 75 to 80 miles a day for the first four days. Yeah. And one of the days it was super fucking hot and then like a lot of uphill. I mean, the thing that I noticed, not to get all zen with you guys, (laughs) but when you're doing it, like we're talking about hours and hours and hours. Yeah. And you're going on like an entire mental journey the whole time. And you're kind of there's that voice, you know, that's like watching the journey. But the journey can be very loud. You know, that's like I would be like, I fucking hate Elizabeth so fucking much right now. (laughs) Like this bitch makes me do like I'm so mad. I fucking hate her and then like the next minute i'd be like you know i don't want to fucking climb any more hills but you can't control if there's another hill you know like i would be going through like these huge like ridiculous like big metaphoric moments and i think it did give me a lot of perspective about just like how nothing's permanent you know like it fucking as soon as we get off the bike and have some water and a snack i wouldn't hate her anymore (laughs) i'd be like she'd be cracking me up we'd be having nice time or she'd change the music and it'd be like oh okay but like it really did kind of teach me a lot about like not only how far i can push myself but just about like things are always changing and that the thoughts and the soundtrack you hear is not always what's actually true or accurate. And I think to Alice's point, you know, having a buddy to do that, you know, because yeah. originally I was like, I'm going to just do this by myself. And then when you said that you would do it with me, because I was, sh- that, I was sure that's that she's not she, how it went. She did. She, she presented it to me. Correct. But you, you I agreed. And I did not think that you I don't think. Yes. I was going to say she, that's she, why was she it. wasn't like, I'm going to do it by myself. She presented it to me and thought I would say no. no and I was right. like, I fucking hate COVID. I hate this family. <laughs> I hate everyone here. Like, like the nothing sounds better than just right. Riding away yeah. on a bicycle. I mean, <laughs> I was definitely like, because I was like, this is uh, this is something that I've always wanted to do is to prove yeah. myself, prove something to yes. myself, right? And um, when you agreed, I was shocked. Yes, I was shocked. And then um, I was really proud of you, though. Like you, yeah. the whole time we were on our bikes for like eight to, to nine hours some days, and you were just like. You definitely had moments where you're like, I'm going to like, I could tell that you're going to break down, but you just kept it all inside. Yeah. You girded your body. Yeah. You're ready. Like, you're just like, yeah. I'm just going to go like complaining is not going to help here. Yeah. But to your point, Alice, is that that is a that ride was a thousand times more fun because I got to go with you yeah. as opposed to being alone because that would have been really boring, I think, at the, at the end of the day. But um, well, you're going to find out in just a couple weeks <laughs> I because know. she's training to ride a little century all by herself in May yep, in Virginia. I, I think you are going to miss me a lot. I will. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> but we also like at the end of the ride, I think that we both felt very proud of ourselves. And it, there was, yeah. two, you know, again, to your point is like, there's something very wonderful about pushing your body and then being like, I fucking did that. Like yeah. I did that. Yeah. And then we went into a Turkish spa and had to use um, a fila mat with our naked butts on it. Yeah, that was a lot. But to your point before that is this is what Rocky says. He says to his son when they're, you know, in a big moment, he says, going one more round when you don't think you can makes all the difference in life. I think we got to leave oh it there. God. Yes, it's perfect. We got to leave it's it the there. Oh, my God. Should people watch Rocky? That's the final thoughts. What do you guys think? Yeah, and watch the Creed ones, too, because Michael B. Jordan is hot as hell in yeah. those. And there's a great scene in at least one of the first Creeds where Rocky writes down this whole, like, training shit for Creed. And Creed, like, takes a picture of it on his phone and throws the paper away. And Rocky's like, what the <laughs> So watch it for that. A little, you know. What do you think, Alice? Yeah. I it was okay. <laughs> do you have other ones that you'd recommend? Sports movies. Sports movies. Oh. Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Ladybugs? Did you see that one? Airbud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Airbud. I would I would um I definitely think it's it's a fun it's a fun series of movies. I agree. Alice and I were talking earlier about like how um, generations change and the films get better and the storytelling gets better as like time goes on because we learn mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say the creed the creeds are better than the Rockies, but I love the Rockies. I grew up yeah. with them. I'm gonna always say yes. If you did like Rocky and you or you don't like Rocky and you like something close. I loved Girl Fight, which is an old movie um, with Michelle Rodriguez where she's like a boxer. Um, Creed, obviously. I have two other movies I'd suggest. One is... Hillary Swank. <laughs> one is... Um, actually, no, now that I think about it, it's, it's uh, one is Miracle on Ice, or Miracle... Is it called Miracle on Ice? I believe the it ho- is. The hockey one, uh, which is about the, the U.S. hockey team uh, playing against the Soviets and winning, obviously. Obviously. And my last one would be uh, Indivincible... Or Indivincible... Is that the word? Indivincible? Invincible. Invincible. (laughs) 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 Which is uh, about uh, Marky Wahlberg, who, Mark Wahlberg, who is playing a bartender who enters a contest to be a Philadelphia Eagle when he's 30 and also wins. Yeah, yeah. It made me cry on Um, a plane. My favorite sports movie won't come as a surprise. Obviously, it's The Cutting Edge. I, I thought you were going to call that one. I thought you were going to call it. We, that's one I will not let her watch on this podcast because I'm like, it can't be ruined. I, I will lose my shit. Topic. We yeah. we definitely would not. Would you recommend Whip It, Alice? Yes. You would? <laughs> is that a no? Alice is like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I, I can't tell if it was a yes or a no I, for Whip I, It. You know, these things don't stick for me. I don't. Oh. I mean, like, I think I enjoyed it. My friends were in it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was good. Um, yeah. Yeah. It didn't get great reviews. I, I hated it. Yeah. I hated it. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Do the Rocky song again. <laughs> no pain. Uh, thanks for listening to Don't Ruin This For Me. Special thanks to the Lincoln Lodge and our producer, Christine Ferreira, and our graphic designer, Jessica Savage. Hey, Sav. Hey. And hey, are you guys looking for even more Adrian and Elizabeth? Who isn't? Check out our Substack newsletter, Where the Fuck's My Happy Ending, and Mixed Race Tape. And follow the pod on Instagram at Don't Ruin This Pod. Come back next week for Mommy Dearest. Christina! No more! Ever. Ever. And don't forget to elevate middle-aged women's voices by rating and reviewing us on your favorite podcast app. And that's it. That's it. That's it. That's the end of the day. Alice, thank you Thank so you. Much. That was awesome. <laughs>